Welcome, everybody, to the Building Ahrensburg podcast. I'm Thomas Ahrensburg. And I'm Catherine Ahrensburg. And today we're going to tell a couple stories, kind of to get to our point, but our point will be uh, about doing the right thing. That seems so generic. That seems like a really big pond, um, a big, deep pond. I think we're going to really narrow it down and go a little niche with it. Yeah. Doing the right thing in a more one-to-one capacity, I think. All right. Okay, so let's tell our stories, and then we'll um, kind of dive in. So the first story comes from our one of our sons at school got in trouble because a friend of his passed him a note, and it was saying some really mean things about some other kid in class, and because he had the note when the teacher confiscated it. And he did contribute to it. And he did contribute to it. Um, he got in trouble. So we had to sit him down and have this talk that we're going to talk about today. Of, yeah, why didn't you stand up and... Right, because he he knows he's he's a good boy. I think we've we're training him well. <laughs> um, he knows right from wrong. He knew it was wrong. Overall, this discussion has come up in our house so many times in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I really felt like it was something that we needed to talk about on the podcast because it's ha- it it was one of those like slap me in the face. It's happened so many times in so many examples across every facet of our lives that I felt like. Someone is slapping me in the face saying, you need to be talking about this because right. I think it's something um, we are, we believe that we are raising good, kind children. That's all I've ever wanted is for our children to be kind to others. But I think that there is a fundamental difference between um, being kind generally mm-hmm. and then being able to be the child or adult, either one, right. who can assess a situation in a group and say, this isn't right, I'm not going to be a part of this, and then possibly even removing the per- another person from the situation with them that may be being attacked or being um, bullied or whatever the case may be, and right. then helping out that person to get out of the situation. It, it could be something where there isn't a victim necessarily. Sure. Um, like the note thing, the kid that was being hurt... Wasn't had no idea. Probably didn't know that the notes were being passed back and forth. But right. certainly I want our child to be the one who will go, this stops with me. I'm not going to continue to pass this note because it's mm-hmm. ugly and I don't believe in what you're doing here. Um, in the case that of the story that I will tell, um, I was at the gym probably last week. It hasn't been that long ago. And I was lifting free weights. There was someone, a girl uh, behind me lifting the same weights I was lifting. And there was a guy there in the in the vicinity there, he was doing a whole different, like we were both doing leg squats or whatever. Right. And he you don't was know doing, either any of these people. I don't know any of these people. Right. Just me hanging out at the gym. I had an ear, one of my earphones in. I always keep one open mm-hmm. just because I'm, it's a security thing for me. I don't want both of my ears plugged all the time, Right. but still I can't hear everything. But I saw him pull, you know, put down the weights he was lifting and go over to her and start talking to her. And I immediately felt like she was uncomfortable that was my first initial impression of the whole thing. Right. And then he stood next to her and he started lifting weights with her. And I thought, this Doing is so like the weird. Doing like same exercises and stuff? Yeah, but again, my ears plugged. They were sure. on the side that my ear was plugged and I couldn't hear what was going on. But I'm watching her in the mirror mm-hmm. and she just looks increasingly uncomfortable. But, you know, am I the person who's just going to step in? I don't know her. I don't know him. Right. They didn't come together. Like I was there long enough to know that they didn't come together. Okay. Um. But I thought, is it my place to step in for this? You know, you always hesitate. Right. Is it my place? And so I decided I would watch. 
and I would just see what happened before I did anything. And so um, I went over and did some different weights, some different machines or whatever. And I'm kind of watching the whole time. From a distance. From a distance. And eventually she got up and left. And I thought, where did she go? Like, I, I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than I could tell that she was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped what I was doing and I went to a different part of the gym to see if she was there and she wasn't. And I went into the bathroom and I could hear her. I pulled my earbud off, I put it in my pocket, and I could hear her crying and talking to someone on like FaceTime or a phone or whatever, mm-hmm. talking about what had just happened to her. Yeah. And I again, I didn't get the whole story. I wasn't really listening for what was happening. All I know is she was uncomfortable at the gym. She was by herself. And that guy was not wanted, you know, right. in her life at all. And so I went into the bathroom. I asked her if she was okay. And she said no. And I said, do you want me to walk you to your car or walk you out? And she said yes. So I walked her to the front of the gym. Mm-hmm. And she said, I think I've got it from here. So she walked out to her car and I stayed and made sure that he didn't, wasn't watching her to continue out with her was because she was afraid. Yes, okay. he was still in the gym. I told the management um, what he looked like. I don't know what they did after that. I may be a little bit regretting not following through a little harder right. with that, but I would have regretted it a thousand times more if I had not gone to find her and mm-hmm. walked her out of the gym because seemingly no one else in that gym saw what was going on except me. Right. Yeah. No one. I mean, no yeah, one. Yeah, you just happened to be there when it was going down. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and people accuse me of being, you know, that being a bad idea because it, it puts crazy ideas in my head. It makes right. me um, cynical. No, not cynical, but always thinking that someone's out to get me. Okay. You yeah. know, like you're always, something's, you know, you're just afraid, you're, you're listening to all these things and it's making you, um, what's well, not superstitious, what's the word for it? I don't know, skeptical? No, babe, not skeptical. Paranoid. Paranoid, yes. Paranoid is the word for it. <laughs> Where there's, you know, you listen to all this stuff and so suddenly you think everybody's out to get you. In my opinion, what the true crime has done for me is made me acutely aware of what's going on around me at all times. Right. I look like I'm not paying attention. I look like I'm listening to something in my earbud, but I'm watching what's going on around me. And I am, you know, something loud came toward me out here in my other ear. So I am there. But all this just got me back to this point of standing up for people and not regretting what could have been if I didn't, you know what I mean? If I, if yeah. I didn't come through and stand up for that person. Okay, so we've got the one at the gym, which that made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. So I knew I had to do something about that. But it took me a minute. I didn't immediately right. act. Um, we have. Our I think you acted with an appropriate amount of time, though. I think if you would... I mean, it Maybe, was, I don't know, like if you jumped in while they're having that conversation, if you jumped in early enough, they'd be like, lady, back up. You should you have... Know? I mean, if you could have only been inside my brain. I'm standing there in the gym a little ways away going... I need to do that thing that they always talk about on the true crime podcast where you go and stand between the guy and girl and go, hey, Sarah, which isn't her name, whatever your name is, like you just make up a name, you ready to go now? And you just like pretend like you're that person's friend, like you've been knowing each other for years and you take her out of the situation. Like I was daydreaming doing that and I didn't do it. And so I think it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't know what to do. Like I had that scenario in my head to do and I didn't do it. And so I think there's a little bit of regret there. So we have that one. We have our son, um, with at school at school and then um a friend has told me a story about you know she saw somebody in the neighborhood um while she was walking he was darting in and out of dark shadows whatever Mm -hmm. she called her dad and he was like leave it alone like 
No good can come of this. But her conscience was nagging at her like, I need to go knock on the neighbor's door and make sure they're okay. There's someone sneaking around their house. Right. So, like, in that case, there's some other force telling her, and someone older than her, and, you right. know, her someone dad. Respect. yeah. Yeah, telling her, leave it alone. And so, what I'm getting at is all of this comes down to <laughs> the ultimate, yes, we want our children to be kind, but I also want our children to be the ones who will do the right thing when... Not not just do the right thing in the time, but also to be able to identify it when it comes right. along. So I was going to say in the in the thing with our son, I think it's two parts. First, you have to there is a there's an identification to it that what this kid is saying is mean, and I either want to participate or not participate in what he's doing. So that that's the first part, and you got to you got to win that battle first. You got to teach your kid the right thing to know, hey, we're not going to do that. That's not what being kind is. If this was happening to you, you wouldn't appreciate it if you found out about it. But that's the first part. And then the second part is after you've identified as this is something that I don't want to continue. Do you have the 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 leadership skill? But how do you courage, ever how of, do you train of, your kids? Well, you to, put them in those situations. How? I mean, we're talking, I think of really horrific things. I mean, a kid, pa- like, I always think of what we're teaching our children as this gradient that's going to get more and more and more adult-like right. as right they get older. Right now it's passing letters. Yes, right now it's passing letters. Next time it's passing alcohol or, or something. Sure, in high school it's passing alcohol. In college it's, um, there's one girl and a bunch of guys and something could be happening right. to the girl. Are you going to be the guy that's going to step in and save the girl? Right. I mean, that sounds dramatic, but that's the kind of things that that kids get themselves into. And I just worry that they, A, I I think there is a lot to say about um, kids that their brains aren't fully developed yet. And they're standing there looking at something that that is possibly horrific. And they don't even know. They can't even process it. They can't even process it enough to know, like, oh my gosh, what is happening, let alone. What this is what's happening. Do? I need to get out of this. I need right. to get them out of this. Let me stand up to all the people who are my peers standing around me. I mean, right. it's a lot. It is. It is a lot. And it so is. I do take some sympathy for for groups of people who are in the situation who are not the person who is doing the act, but right. maybe guilty by association. Because it's really difficult. Peer pressure is what it is. But then also there's this like youth brain of not really being able to right. process what you the heck is going on. You got to be able to process it first and and say this is this shouldn't be happening. I need to put a stop to it. Right. And then the second part is actually putting a stop to it. And you know, some people would say, probably are listening to this going, but it hasn't happened yet. You know, you deal with it when it happens. No, I don't want to deal with it when it happens. I want for this right. to be something that we have repped a million times and it's as easy as, you know, right. brushing so you, your teeth. Like you said, you can't rep the actual thing happening. Like, I'm not going to put my kid in a situation where they're going to pass alcohol around and see if he's going to take a sip. Sure. But I need to put him, at least do mental reps of, hey, this happened today. What do you think should have happened? What would you have done? And then that, they've at least done the mental rep. Yeah, so it's just a concerted to effort the to do that. Rep, because God knows, our ch- I mean, you know this last week, the kinds of stupid stuff that they have done. Right. I mean, you guys, we're talking about things like, we have specifically told them, do not open that door. Do not do this thing. And they do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it creates a trust issue for one. But if they can't follow those instructions, what on earth makes me think 
that they're going to really be able to do something bigger, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It just, it, it's like a, a big time worry, but I think overall, um, as listeners, I mean, you guys, a lot of you guys probably have children, um, or even within yourself, I think adult, and that's, you know, what we're talking about here is kids become adults. Right. <laughs> and then you guys are adults that are listening. And as adults, are you, um, doing the things that you need to do? And I'm not talking about, you know, protests and like, I'm not talking about like right. big demonstration things. I'm right. talking about just noticing the little situations that one you get on into. one ways that you can make differences right. in someone's life. Like it matters. It matters huge. I mean, it, I mean, it could possibly matter to you if you're guilty by association, you could use yourself in some really big trouble, of right. course, but getting someone else out of a situation um, that could turn out really bad and you're seeing it from the outside. I mean, imagine what that person's brain is doing that's actually, it's happening to. Right. They don't have the ability to call out for help. They don't have any ability. I mean, their brain is really racing. And so you, ha- at least on the outside, have a little more of a clear brain and just get out of there, you know? Okay, well, let's, let's play the connect the dots a little bit. Okay. So you obviously had never been in a situation where someone was being harassed at the gym and you had to step in to rescue them. But it did happen to you, and you did step in and help them. But I am a bold woman in comparison to a lot of people. I will stick my nose in a lot of things. Right, but would you say you did that as a kid, though? I mean, that's... I would say that I have always been a person who would um, stand up for what I believed in to a fault. Um, Now, it's never been, again, the protesty type, like standing up for like I've never been like an activist type as such right but in college uh I mean you know all the stories about college they tried to change the syllabus on it and I was like no yeah. we're not I'm not going you can't make me go period end of story I was literally the only one in several cases who stayed home from a trip maybe there was maybe one other person that protested I mean these were trips in college that they added to the curriculum and to the um the syllabus Midway through the quarter, with midway through the semester, which you cannot do, mm-hmm. they cost a thousand dollars to go on. One of them in particular, they were driving in cars up a mountain in the snow. Right, it's like a dangerous trip for a bunch of Louisiana kids and Alabama kids to go on, and I didn't go, and they couldn't count me off for it. Right, but I was not going to go. They tried along. to make you feel like you had to go. Oh, absolutely, and I was like reading all the rules and making sure that I was dotting my eyes and crossing my t's because I was not going to be. I'm just not going to go along to get along for that kind of stuff. Right. And so, I mean. See, what's interesting about that, though, is if that had happened to me, I don't think I, I would have thought, like, I wonder if I can protest this. You know, like, if they're like, hey, you got to go on this trip. I was. Just, I don't know that I would have pay, been paying attention enough. Like, how many of your other classmates. If suddenly, if suddenly your teachers said, this trip is going to cost $1,000, and oh, by the way, we just made up it needed to happen in the last three Yeah, I mean, weeks. what did your other classmates think of it? Did they think that, like, oh, here's, gosh, we have to do here's this? Here's what always happens. It's all, I've experienced it with school with our children. I've experienced it in a bunch of different ways. People gripe and complain to themselves as a group, and then they go along and do it anyway. Right. That's what do they, they do. Do they recognize that it's not something that Absolutely. was supposed to happen? Yes. We're experiencing it right now yeah. with... um a particular uniform situation at school where yeah, someone wants to change something for the sake of changing it. And I think it's dumb. And all the other parents think it's dumb too. But guess who the only one who ever says anything? It's me. Yeah. And eventually 
there does come a point where I get tired of being the only one who says something, you know, I can't, you know, everybody always rallies behind, Catherine, you should say something. You should say something. It's like, no, I can't get anything done by myself. And I think that's what I like so much about these individual interactions where something can be done. And I mean, we're not in the uniform situation and, you know, the trip, we're not talking about life and death or some dangerous type thing. Um, I mean, the stuff we're talking about is truly hurt feelings of a child, which can affect them for the rest of their lives. I mean, bullying is a real thing in in grade school and high school. But I mean, it's gosh, it's 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 true. And as adults, I mean, on the Internet, the trolling and the, you know, unkindness that happens there. And there's not a ton that can be done about that other than just back up the person that you believe in. But when I'm physically standing in front of someone and can help them. Right. I mean, it's it seems like the go-to choice, but I don't, I think the majority of people have a really hard time because they're like, oh, I don't want to get involved. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's none of my business. It's none almost. of my business. Yeah. yeah. Like with your, the second story you told when the dad was saying, it's none of your business. Right. That's how a lot of people look at it. But yeah. I think the more I, I listen to stories of people, I don't just listen to the true crime stories of this happened to this person. I listen to the survival stories of the people who write in and say, Thank God that person was there. Thank God that just stranger saw what was happening right. and pulled me out of that situation. I don't know what would have happened if that person hadn't been there. I mean, be that I want to be that person. Right. I want to be the person who is aware enough to look around and see that someone needs immediate help and be able to get them out of the situation um, to not further their stress or their strife. And I'm hoping that we can teach our kids that. Yeah, That's, I mean, I, I think of the two things, the awareness part of it's the, the tougher one to teach, only because I don't know that you can teach a kid, I mean, other than putting them in situations, obviously, where they are being more aware, as, as maybe as you're walking down the street with them, like, hey, do you notice this is happening? And right, I don't know how to teach, that's what I'm saying, I don't know how to I don't know how, how you teach would teach it. the awareness part. I do think teaching the the leadership part of it is of the two, I think it's the harder to actually do for yourself. Yeah. But I think it's the easier one to teach. Yeah. Because you can you can mentally rep that. Well, kids learn so much through their parents. Sure. And so I would hope that I'm modeling these behaviors. Gosh, when would they ever see? I don't know. Maybe maybe I do things in certain ways to where they would see it yeah. as an example. But they sure didn't see me writing anything ugly about a kid in class. You no, know, right. Or yeah. about anybody like... I don't talk about people in front of the children. Like right. that just that doesn't happen. I mean, I don't really talk about anybody anyway. I, was, but I don't know that we really talk about people. So they don't they don't experience that. So why on earth would you write on a note? I don't know. Like that's the kind of stuff. It's I don't. I am a very. I feel like I'm a very. I, don't know, I say I'm wide, eyes wide open. Maybe I'm not. But I would like to think that I'm an eyes wide open parent, and I don't ever put anything past my kid. Like I'm I'm ready for whatever may come my way right. and that is probably my biggest fear is that I'll get a call one day that you know one of our kids you know was in a situation a group situation and something happened and just the disappointment you know for like because of course it's going to come back on me <laughs> as a parent I always feel like it comes back on me even if they're an adult that will forever and ever be our lot in life I think yeah I mean at the end of the day though it's the kid makes their decisions of course yeah but what could we have done to prevent that? Well, and we see we see them um, 
doing well at school and earning model Christian student and things like that. Like they're kind to their classmates, right. but they're not as kind to their, they don't, they don't carry that across the board to their siblings. And so, yeah, you that's know, a it's completely different. I know, but you know, though. it's in there. You know that the, the, the ugliness, is the in ugliness there. is in there. Yeah. And again, we're not really talking about them being the ones that are targeting someone. We're talking about them being a bystander to it. And yeah, processing it and doing the right thing when they're standing in the moment. And I don't know. I don't know that you can teach that. We can try our best. Well, so on Instagram, the day that our son got in trouble for passing the note, I made the comment that, you know, I coach him in basketball. And at basketball, he does do that. You know, I, as the coach of the basketball team, I, I hold a pretty high standard and there's, it's a no nonsense kind of practice. And they're, I mean, they're nine years old. There's a lot of nonsense (laughs) happening at practice, but I'm constantly, I feel like I'm constantly yelling at them to get but here's the thing. them straight. And he, he does that for me. I mean, he, yeah, he's a leader. He recognizes like, we're not supposed to touch each other when we're in line. We have to stay in line. Don't skip people in line. Don't argue about the trivial things about he got to touch the ball more than me or whatever. But I think it comes down to escalating also. I think it's goes from, for example, this guy at the gym, I'm sure it was a simple, Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And then it ramps up to something else, and then it ramps up to something right. else until she's scared, and she yeah, goes to the bathroom. Yeah, or she probably told him, "Leave me alone. I'm not interested." And he did not leave her alone. Something, right? And in the case of our kid who's writing notes, it could have started off as a just passing notes. This is fun, blah blah blah, and then it got ugly about another. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, he told how me it... that they pass notes. That's like a thing that they do. Yeah. Which well, I, I don't know if they're not supposed to do that. I don't. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think. Know how... I think that's like the the very stereotypical thing you're not supposed to do in school is pass notes, but. I mean, um, that, uh, I mean, maybe. I, who knows? Times have know. changed. They, I'm not lying. <laughs> if I saw kids passing notes in my class, I would think nothing of it as a teacher. I would think nothing of it. Okay. Well, so we don't know if it started as, let's play, you know, a game of tic-tac-toe with each other across right. the thing, and then it escalates into something. And so I think that's where the trouble comes in. Something is seemingly fine, it's fine, it's fine, and then suddenly right. it's not fine. At that point, are they willing to walk away right go against what they have been participating in for the last however many minutes or hours or whatever and suddenly go oh my gosh like suddenly this isn't right right we've gone too far we this has gone too far and catch it before it's really gone too far you know what i'm saying like that that is the fear yeah this isn't a matter of like you've gone from nothing to everything this is this like ramping up mm-hmm. and will they identify when that moment comes? Sure. And so the question for you guys is, will you, do, are you capable? Do you identify it? Will you identify it? Have you ever been in a situation that you regret? Uh, everyone's been in those situations. I, but I can't think of one beyond the ones I'm telling you about that I did something about. Yeah. I can't think of a situation that I was in that I didn't act on something that I saw was wrong. Right. So, you know, if if that is something that you've experienced, what what's something that you would regret not not doing? And how can you change from here on out? How can you take that a little bit of regret? And it can be something small. It doesn't have to be this huge yeah, right. thing that eats you up inside. I mean, you could it could be just, you know, there's gossip among your group of friends that you have and you're gossiping about another person that's in your group and mm-hmm. and it needs to stop. Yeah. And are you going to say something? Or, you know, leaving mean comments on 
people's social media or something. I don't know. That's that feels very personal. Is there something going on we need to talk about? No, I, I mean I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to think of examples. <laughs> mean comments on the internet don't don't bother me. I really need to do um, a mean tweet. You know the version of mean tweets for whatever it is YouTube. I get mean yeah. tweets. On, I mean mean comments on YouTube all the time, and they always make me laugh because people get so mad about the dumbest stuff. They get so well, mad, and they take they like they take time out of their day to. That's what makes me so sad yeah. for them. I mean, I just there's plenty of dumb stuff I read on the internet all the time or see, and you're just like you know, <laughs> on to the next thing. Like I can't even. I'm not even yeah, wasting time with that. Yeah. You've read some of the comments I've gotten. I mean, they just go on and on and on about, I mean, they make it personal, too. They do, yeah. They, Sometimes they have they'll to. talk they about get, my kids and all right. kinds of things. Like, okay, well. Yeah. Hope you, you feel you. better about that. <laughs> all I'm saying is, you guys, this is what this whole episode is about, is are you, as an adult, like, we always bring in the kids and everything because there's so many examples, but... Are you the kind of person who is going to be aware? Right. And, that's, look and again, that to me, that's the tougher part. That's the key. It's like you you have to pay attention to life enough to notice well, that Lord, these things are happening around you. Lord knows there's probably been a thousand opportunities. I don't think that I'm totally aware. Like, I, I really do think that in college, if they had like, hey, you got to go do this. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it <laughs> just because you told me to. I'm telling you, another instance was, I mean, I'm selling LSU out a little bit, but they tried to change us from a five-year major to a four-year major, which was fine, but you can't do it while I'm still attending college and going through my general catalog. When you go to college, you guys, listen up. If you are younger and haven't attended college or older and haven't attended college, whatever. Or have kids that will soon be in college. Yes. When they give you your general catalog, which is the thing they hand to you when you register for college and it has all the majors and all the classes that Mm -hmm. you need to take and all the hours it takes to become, you know, to graduate in that major, they cannot change it on you. When you start and they tell you it's 123 hours to graduate and they tell you all the classes you have to graduate, they can't change it. It is what it is. They tried to change it on us. Yeah. See, that's something I wouldn't have known. And so they had to have the entire class sign a paper that said that they would agree or they couldn't do it. Guess Mm -hmm. who wouldn't sign it? Catherine Cannon. (laughs) I was like, absolutely not. You had to have known that somehow. How did you know that? I don't remember. I have a really bad brain. I'm sure there's someone who's listening to this right now. It's like, I told you. I was the one who told you. I don't even remember. There's no way I would have known. There was just several times where they tried to make really big changes, and I was of the mind that... You start changing that, and right. I have no control over what sure. else you change. I have no control over what these class numbers are going to change to, what's required. Suddenly, right. I'm not going to be in college for five years anymore. I'm going to be in college for six years, mm-hmm. and I was ready to get out of there by year three. I was yeah. ready to get out of there by year two. Like I, hang on, I hung on by my fingertips and my fingernails, and be damned if they were going to change my general catalog into something else and lengthen possibly. I mean, I had no idea what would happen. That was, I mean, the unknown is always the scariest part. Sure. And for me, it was like, no, I know I'm going to be here five years. I know this is the classes I have to take. I've been planning all these classes since freshman year. I've been responsible. Um, and then you want to change it at the last minute. I was not cool with it at all. Yeah. So I did not sign the paper and it did not change. I think to this day, it's probably still a five-year major. Oh, probably all my fault. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't just wait for you to leave and be like, all right, now let's sign the papers. I don't She's know. Gone. I mean, they could, why didn't you start it with the freshmen? You can change the general catalog with the right. freshmen. And why maybe would that's you? what they've done. Maybe they're trying to turn the whole program over, but it's like, oh, I guess we'll just start with. You got to start somewhere, but you or can't maybe start the class with the people after who. You, maybe they all signed. I don't know if they did or not. 
they'd be big old guinea pig suckers if they did. I mean, can you imagine? I was there for five years, but probably half of my class had changed major to landscape architecture mm-hmm. at some point. So, and all their stuff is lost. I mean, right. you nothing s- transfers over. From- no, because when you start in landscape architecture at LSU, at least when I was there, when you start in landscape architecture, you are starting freshman year taking classes in your major. Right. This most is not, other majors aren't like that. No, most of the majors transfer over to a lot right. of different things. It's not like that with landscape yeah. architecture. And so if you are in something else and you want to switch to landscape architecture, most of your stuff is lost. And so half of my class probably was in some previous major, had already been in college for at least a year or two, came mm-hmm. over to landscape architecture, spent five more years. I mean, the thought of that right now makes me itchy to spend seven years in college. Like, yeah. I, oh, Lord have mercy, I want it out of there. You're on the TOPS program in, back then. Back then, if you're on the TOPS program, yeah, you had your four, four or five years or whatever, and you were outsies. Man, the TOPS program was sweet back then. Yeah. It's not as sweet anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I don't know if that casino money ran out or the, the lotto money or whatever. I don't know. But there's a lot. Uh, we won't get political. I don't know what's happening. I have I zero, I have zero idea. All I know is the TOPS program paid for a lot of people to yeah, full did. rides to college. Yeah. And um, I don't think it does as much anymore. So. So back to it, though. It's awareness is part one. And then second is. Execution. Execution. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see it. And then do you actually do it? I mean, you could have very easily. Looked around, oh, I don't see that girl anymore. All right, let me finish my workout, and I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, you actually sought her out in yeah. the bathroom. You and know? I didn't want to scare her either, you know. Right. I didn't want to be the creepy person who was, but then I thought, woman to woman. I mean, I thought about it a lot. And, I mean, it, obviously, my brain cells were moving pretty quick in order for, I mean, this all happened within probably 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, But I thought, I'm not threatening. It's woman to woman. I'm, I can go into the locker room, you know, and she seemed a lot scared, more scared of him than she will be of me. Right. So why not take a chance? I just went in to ask her if she was okay. And then once she was crying, I was like, okay, you're not okay. Clearly. Sure. Um, so and but in I, the case of our son, you know, he recognized at some point, I'm sure he recognized. In fact, I think there was a writing on there, like what question mark, um, that the kid was trying to make fun of this other kid. Mm-hmm. Who's his friend? Who is our right. child's friend? Yeah. And he, he could have crumpled up the paper right there. Mm-hmm. You know, once he recognized, okay, you're making fun of that kid. So the pushback on that, the fear on that is always, oh, what, what, what? Yeah. You're such a, you're such a punk. Why would you do yeah. that? You're so lame. You're so lame. I mean, I've gotten that before. Right. I've, I've stuck up for women before in a room full of men. It's like, oh, there's the feminist in the room. Okay, guys, like, not necessarily just because I'm standing up for a woman doesn't make it like. A, a thing based on sex. And so you have to be the person who's willing to listen to a bunch of guff. Yeah. Because you're not cool to do the same, you know, go with the flow and do everything Although everybody else is doing. I will say the specific instance I think you're talking about is at my parents' house where yeah, arguments, yeah. like people just love to argue. It doesn't matter what you would have said. Someone would have jumped on the other side just for the sake of jumping sure. on the other side. And I think that's where I've really polished, I mean, between my yes. parents and your parents, I've really polished some debate skill. Right. So, whatever. I mean, I think it was meant to be, probably. In the end of the day, I don't get upset about it. Like, yeah, I, think I mean, just... It is what it is. I'm right. still going to say it. It's not going to, you know, I'm not, again, back to the whole, like, political or whatever. Like, I'm not going to have those arguments with people. Like, that's sure. just not who no I am. There's no change in people's minds. No, I mean, that's what I believe. I don't think that there is. Mm-hmm. It, not not in a short blip, a, twi- well, a words, tweet. Well, words don't change minds. 
Yeah. So you can, that could be a whole other discussion for another <laughs> day. So I so for the action, if it's words that don't change people's minds, it's actions. And I want to be a person of action. And I'm hoping that this podcast, just discussing it, will at least make your brain. I mean, that's kind of what I hope for every week is that it puts a little bit of thought in your head about right. maybe if it's something that you're already doing, you mm -hmm. go, but am I doing it? You right. know, you just consider for a second, is that, it's like a check. You know, every right. week is just like a check of like, yeah. is oh, it something that's interesting? Am I doing that? Yeah. Oh, am wait, I doing I'm that? Not doing that. I Are my to... kids doing that? Right. Am I worried that my kids might be that person? And don't be that parent who says my kid will never do that. Right. Please don't be that parent. Don't Ugh. ever say don't. never when it comes to stuff like that. Never say never about anything. Don't right. ever say you won't travel somewhere. Don't ever say you won't. I will never do that. Don't ever say I won't ever eat that. Don't ever say your kid would never do whatever. Those are the very kids who will do it because their parents will forever back them up Yeah. for doing some stupid thing. Defend them to the death. Yeah, I mean, that's what we've told our kids is that if you see something wrong and you need to get involved, you need to step in and defend. And if that means that you have to get physical to get things defended We have the right had that way, conversation with them. Then you, you get physical and we'll sort it out afterwards. Mm -hmm. But if you know that what's going on is, is wrong... You need to put an end to it. Now, that was the case of our children defending themselves. There was a kid Yeah, who but was, I, I've told them also that... I think, but... After, I, this, after this particular incident happened with the, the passing of the note... Yeah. Um, I told them that you need to put an end to it. Which, I mean, a lot of times it's just, hey, I'm not doing that, and, mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah, you don't have to go, like, turn it into the teacher. Sure. You don't have to get the person in trouble, per se. No, yeah. I mean, if there's you, no you harm, no it, foul. Right. You know, if we're talking about a criminal-type thing where someone was actually hurt, you know, and that you do need to do something about it, right. which I know can wreck people's brains sometimes, but do the right thing. No, we're talking about a note in class that only the two of them knew about, mm -hmm. the two writing the notes. Could have he very, very easily could have crumpled it up, thrown it away. The teacher never would have known. It would have been between the two of them. Right. That would have been enough. Sure. Um, but in the case, if it does escalate to like what you had to deal with, you had to physically get involved. I had to physically get involved. And I did tell the management because that dude's a creeper and he's going to creep on someone else. Sure. She's not the last victim of that. Right. Yeah. So the very next day he's probably hitting on some other girl in the gym. Possibly. I mean, I've, I'm in that gym at weird times. Like I don't always go the same time right. and I've never seen him in there before. Um, but the management, when I went up to them, did say something like, oh, he's he's not usually like that. I'm like, dude, get him out of here. Yeah, well, that means they know who he is. Yeah, that they knew who they he recognize. was. Anyway, I just, I don't know what they, that's that's probably my biggest regret is that I didn't make a big enough deal about it to the yeah. management. To and where they felt like they needed to. I don't think that girl is ever going to come back. But if I really believe that he could do that to somebody else, sure. then they do need to get them him the hell out of there. Right. And so that, if I were to have any regret, that would be what it would be, is that I didn't push hard enough for them to do something right then about him. Sure. To be honest, I think I was a little afraid of what the repercussions on me from him could be. Would he meet me out in the parking lot? Who's no. there to protect me then? Right. You know, if I'm the bad guy, she, that girl's never coming back. Sure. She will never be there again. You know, I'll say this though. A lot of times though, um, bullies like that, when... When you stand, like, you stood up to him, he's probably not going to mess with you because you were the one I don't that stood know, up. man. People who are creeping on girls, they're a different breed. That's true. A whole I mean, different some people breed. people are just crazy. So that was my fear. That's That was my reluctance was right. fear of 
retribution from him if he had seen that it was me that complained. Sure. And then waited out in the parking lot. And really, I mean, at that point, you have to, I guess you have to gauge how much you really need to get involved. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's not coming back. Again, it would right. it would have to do with the future girls who he could possibly creep on sure. somewhere else and how much responsibility do I have to that? Right. And who knows? Maybe he never did, never did that before, will never do it again. I have no idea at right. all. Right. It might it might have been enough that management went and talked to him like, "Hey, someone just told us you're Yeah. creeping on some girl and I don't and know. I'd be real interested. Eye on you. I'd be very interested to know um how much push the managers had to go and say anything. You know, speaking of being in a position where now sure. you need to do something, right. I it's don't know what they did. To do that, though. Yeah, but you're right. To what extent did they do their job? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You hope the they... two people I talked to were both women. Do you think women would walk up to him and say, "Hey, man, we heard you're being a creeper"? I think there's always, at least every time I've gone in there, I go in there at the same time every day. But there's been a couple times where I went in at a different time. There's always a male. Yes, there were there, there were males. So I, they could have very easily just gotten one of I mean, them. Honestly, one of those guys. I I consider like I'm going through all this stuff in my head. I considered if I had pushed it further, I would have asked one of the guys to walk me out. Right. Like I've done that in stores before. You know yeah. that story. Mm-hmm. There was a, a time. You know I love a thrift shop. Love a thrift shop. And I was walking around in a thrift shop, and this guy. I mean, that's the weirdest thing that they're like so obvious about it. Like he's right. just staring me down the entire time. Yeah. Like I see you looking at me and you're being weird. Mm-hmm. But like everywhere I go, I look back and he was looking everywhere I'd go. I turn around. He was looking at me like not really shopping for anything, just looking at me. And all I can think is sex trafficking. That's all I could think of in yeah. my brain. Cause yeah. I'm close to an interstate. The goodwill I was at was close to an interstate. Mm-hmm close to a Walmart, like that seems to be kind of, at least in my head from when I read articles, that's kind of the places they peruse yeah. around. They just jump on the interstate and you, you're, you're gone. gone. Yeah. You're gone. And so, um, I had one of the Goodwill workers walk me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I went, I think I walked next door to a different store and then came out. I don't remember exactly the sequence scenario or whatever, but I do remember seeing him walking outside the store and like walking down and looking. He was definitely following me. This was not in my head. Yeah. Um, and then eventually he drove away. And I think I went back over and asked the Goodwill person to, to walk me out, but it scared the life out of me. Yeah. I remember calling you right afterward and I was probably crying because um, it was extremely scary. Yeah. But again, I was wearing headphones. Like I always do. That was probably a, a tag for them too. Oh, though. I'm sure. Absolutely. But I'm aware. Like right. I was looking. Yeah. I'm shopping, but I'm looking. And so I think I eventually took at least one of my earphones out, probably both. Yeah. Um, to to signal like I see you, man. Like mm-hmm. I I mean, I don't know, but again, in those cases I don't even know how much to let them know that I'm aware of what's going on. Sure. Or do you just sneak out the best you can? But man, that do creep me out. Yeah. But again, awareness is number one for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And there's probably been plenty of times where I have been looking at my phone and not fully paying attention yep. and something has saved my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone or something that I never knew about has saved my life. So that's our conversation on awareness and doing the right thing. Hopefully got your little brain cells working on if you've been in a situation that we described, if your children have been in a situation and just having that conversation with yourself, an honest conversation with yourself an honest conversation with your children, start watching out for it, be aware, and then do the right thing, you guys. You got to do it. Because when it matters. It, you got to do it. It matters to people. It matters to you. 
And it, it's, you know, if you don't act on it, it's going to nag you forever. Mm-hmm. And if you do the right thing, it can be the difference in somebody's life. I mean, it really is a huge deal. So you guys get out there and be a little more self-aware and do something about it. Um, if you want to email us or write us, you can send us an email at buildingarensburg at gmail.com. You can write us on social media in the comment section. Thomas is loving all the DMs. <laughs> getting lots of them on Instagram at building Aaronsburg and on Facebook. We're also building Aaronsburg. And of course, if you guys would give us a five star review on whatever app you're listening to our podcast, we would really, really appreciate it. It um, makes people more aware of our pad- podcast and um, they can listen to it. So until next time, bye y'all. Bye y'all.